Hello, everyone, and welcome to the very first episode of 2024 of Bally Sports Miami Miked Up with me, Jeremy Taché. And we're very, 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 very excited to bring this podcast into the new year. And I'm super stoked about the guest list that we have coming up for you this month. But before we get to those guests for the year, I really wanted to do a bit of a preview of what y'all can expect from the teams on our network and also the Miami Dolphins this upcoming year, this calendar year, 2024. And a lot of this is going to cover more of what will go on in the first half of the calendar year with a couple of these teams, namely the Miami Heat. The Miami Dolphins, the Florida Panthers, with their seasons wrapping up in the first half of the year. But we've also got the Miami Marlins in tow. And so the way I wanted to do this is just to highlight three things to look forward to for each of these teams in this calendar year. Doesn't necessarily mean that these will be the most important things or predicting that these are the most dramatic things. But three things that I'm really looking forward to seeing for all four of these teams coming up in this calendar year. So it should be a very fun year. All of these teams are very competitive. The Florida Panthers have won six games in a row. The Miami Heat closed out a road trip last night and are back home in Miami on Monday and Wednesday. I will be on the sideline for both of those games on Bally Sports Sun. And of course, the Dolphins are about to take on the Buffalo Bills on Sunday with a huge playoff matchup coming up to start this postseason hoping it's not on the road in Kansas City which would mean that the Dolphins lost to the Bills but we'll see what happens there of course you got the Miami Marlins season coming up before you know it spring training's right around the corner next month and so we felt it would be good to preview some of what's going on so here's three things to look forward to with each of these teams Let's kick things off with the team that has the most important game coming up this weekend, and that is the Miami Dolphins. Obviously, this season has been what I would call an overwhelming success for the Dolphins, but given where things are right now, given the standings, given the fact that they need to win this weekend in order to win the AFC East and have a home playoff game in the first round of the playoffs... This is about as big of a game as they've had in the regular season in my lifetime. Look, the, the Dolphins are making the playoffs no matter what. But as a team that's 11-5, and five, a 12-5 and five season where you win the division and you cap it off with a win over the Buffalo Bills, who have been a thorn in your side, who beat you by four scores earlier in the season when you went to Buffalo, to be able to win that game on Sunday night football, prime time, against your division rival, to take the division from them. I can't think of a game that has felt like it's meant more in the regular season, quite literally, in my lifetime. This is the most entertaining Dolphins team I have ever seen. I had Ronnie Brown and Ricky Williams, which was a lot of fun. You know, I had... Uh, I, what I guess was a fun connection between Jake Cutler and Devontae Parker. Like, these are the things that we're talking about in Dolphins fandom. Ryan Fitzpatrick was fun, I guess. But, I mean, think about what this offense has done. Tyree Kill has nearly set records. Tua Tagovailoa has been a joy to watch play quarterback. Raheem Mostert set the team record for touchdowns this season. And now they have their biggest test. The Dolphins and Bills game this Sunday night 
is going to be what actually might be the biggest regular season game that any of the teams down here play in this entire calendar year. And it's happening on January 7th. It's funny to think that way. But that's where we're at. So Dolphins, Bills, that's our very first thing to look forward to as you look at this exciting Dolphins team. Then, of course, number two, it's the playoffs. Look, whether the Dolphins have to travel to Kansas City or they end up hosting the Bills again, the Steelers, or the Jaguars, this is the first time in quite a while that I think we all feel like, hey, the Dolphins can really make a run here. Even if they have to go on the road to Kansas City. The Chiefs are not quite what they once were as a dominant force. I mean, look, they still have Patrick Mahomes. They still have Travis Kelsey. And they also have Taylor Swift. And she is powerful. Can't imagine Taylor not getting (laughs) the end result that she wants here. But if the Dolphins have to travel on the road to Kansas City, they do have a fighter's chance. And if they host a Buffalo Bills team who they beat the week before, the Pittsburgh Steelers, who struggle so much offensively, or the Jaguars, who seem to be falling apart at the seams as of late. This Dolphins team has a chance to make a run for the very first time in a very long time. And I believe that they will do it. I'm not letting go of the rope. I genuinely believe that this Dolphins team is poised to do something special. And maybe come tomorrow, come January 7th, come Sunday Night Football, I'll feel like a fool and I will lose the faith myself. But I believe this Dolphins team is making a fun run. And it might mean that they have to go to Baltimore and play a Ravens team that just beat them 56-19 to in an AFC championship. But you know what? This has been, like I said before, the most entertaining Dolphins team of my lifetime. It's been a joy to watch them. And just one playoff win would feel really, really good. So I'm looking forward to this playoff run for them. And then, truly, the third thing to look for is what they do this offseason. Because Tua's contract jumps up quite a bit. He wasn't getting paid very much these these few years here. It's why the Dolphins were able to ascend, or or assemble rather, essentially a, a version of the Avengers by bringing in a bunch of different free agents, a bunch of uh, mercenaries, as uh, Dan Lebetard would say. But to bring in all of these players, there's going to need to be some contract restructuring. There are going to be some players that are let go, and I'm fascinated to see the way... The Dolphins front office, alongside the the wizard that is Mike McDaniel as a head coach, position themselves going into next season to continue to build off the success that this year was. Because I think that's one of the most impressive things that the Dolphins did from last year to this year. They helped to solidify their offensive line. They helped to solidify their defense. Now, they're dealing with a ton of injuries now that those things may fall apart here in Week 18 and going into the postseason, but they did their work as a front office, and now with some more complicated money to work with in a salary-capped sport, I'm fascinated to see what they'll end up doing in free agency and the types of players that they will continue to bring around, not only the defense to solidify things for Vic Fangio, but the offense to continue to build around Tua Tagovailoa, to continue to you know use Tyree Kill as the, the, the weapon that he is offensively, and Mike McDaniel's genius offensively to continue to build. So, You got the game this weekend, Dolphins-Bills. You got a playoff run to look forward to, and then an intriguing offseason headed into the 2024-25 NFL season. 
All right, let's tackle things now with the Miami Heat. Obviously, this is the team I most intimately cover. And in turn, I've actually got some kind of fun ones. And a lot of it revolves around award season. Because I think some people might be looking forward to the trade deadline is one of the things to look at for the Miami Heat. And and maybe this is me showing off my bias. Maybe this is me uh, clutching too hard to the group that we're watching right now and some of the really positive things that we've seen when, you know, Jimmy Butler's been missing time and then Tyler Hero and Bam Adebayo missed time earlier in the year and all of these other, whether they're young players or vets, have stepped up and played a really important role in having success this year. But I don't know that Miami's going to have a a really splashy trade deadline. I, I don't know that I would want them to. I really like this group. I've said it before on another podcast. I feel like this team has a bit of an embarrassment of riches in terms of its depth. A lot of different things that it can do depending on the playoff matchup that they get, depending on what they need to do down the stretch. And it's been really fun to watch them thus far. So I'm not including the trade deadline, despite the fact that I know Photoshop season will indeed exist, that every time a player comes up, whether it's Donovan Mitchell, whether it's, you know, Gosh, LeBron James, anybody else who has some level of discontent where they are, I know there will be photoshops, there won't need to be with LeBron, but I think that this team doesn't necessarily stand pat, we know Pat Riley, we know Andy Ellisberg, we know the way that the Heat normally operate in sort of tweaking things around their roster to make them solidified using the buyout market, they did it with Kevin Love last year, they've done it in years before, but... I don't think this is a big splashy one. So a lot of what I'm looking forward to actually ends up being award season. So thing number one to look forward to, Jaime Jaquez winning the rookie of the year. Jaime Jaquez Jr. is simply one of the most polished rookies I've ever seen. And yes, Chet Holmgren and Victor Wembanyama are both great candidates for this. I mean, if you didn't see what Victor Wembanyama did against the Bucks just a couple of nights ago, it, 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 some of the most spectacular stuff I've ever seen. He had a behind-the-back dunk, like on a Euro step. He had uh, a play where he fooled Giannis and cut back behind him, and it was something that I just did not think a seven-foot-four person could do without literally breaking their legs. He is spectacular. Chet Holmgren has been spectacular, not just offensively, but defensively. He is such a problem. But I believe that ultimately Jaime Hawkins Jr., is going to win the Rookie of the Year because the other two are going to cannibalize each other in the West, alternating Rookie of the Month awards. Jaime will win every single Eastern Conference Rookie of the Month award on his way to a Rookie of the Year this season because, simply, he's been one of the most important players on a playoff team. It's why I think Chet Holmgren stands more of a chance of winning Rookie of the Year than Victor Wembanyama does. Because Holmgren has meant a lot to another playoff team. But Hawkins has stepped up and been a primary scorer for the Heat. He's defended the best player on the other team on a lot of nights. He's played, I believe, close to the most fourth quarter minutes of anyone in the league. He's played the most minutes on the Miami Heat. He has been, from the moment he stepped into this league, a polished product who's only going to grow more, particularly playing with a man like Jimmy Butler, who has so much of a similar skill set. It's been such a joy to watch Jaime, and I believe he will win the Rookie of the Year award. And maybe I'll be wrong, but at least watching that chase down to the final um, 
several games and things going back and forth and hoping that all three of those players stay healthy so it can be a really fun three-way battle. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Another award season thing to look forward to, Bam Adebayo winning Defensive Player of the Year and being named All-NBA. Because I believe this is the year that it finally happens for Bam. There seems to be a a national media um, renaissance. That might not be the right word. But finally, the national media seems to be paying attention to Bam and the type of player he is. And maybe it's because he's finally asking for it. Bam has been really, truly one of the most productive defensive players in the league for, for years now. He defends one through five. Everyone who plays with him, everyone who plays against him, talks about how versatile he is, how dominant he is on that side of the ball. And I think this is finally the year where folks put the counting stats aside, like blocks, and realize the impact that Bam has on this defense, the way that he anchors it, and look at the way he's dominated so much offensively as of late. He didn't have his best offensive game against Anthony Davis and the Lakers, but Bam is such a focal point of this offense. He's so important to what the Heat do. He's getting his numbers. And I think that this is finally the year where Bam Adebayo not only wins Defensive Player of the Year, but ends up being an All-NBA player. We'll call this Bam wins Defensive Player of the Year, so I'm not predicting a little too much here and saying that that's too much to look forward to. But I believe something you can look forward to as a Miami Heat fan is that Bam finally gets his flowers and gets some of the award recognition that he deserves. But I know that Bam and Jaime would trade all of those for what I'm talking about third. And that's the Heat's run at a title led by the one and only playoff Jimmy. You have playoff Jimmy to look forward to. And I know Jimmy Butler's out of the lineup right now. I know there are some concerns about his legs and and how he's going to get back to form. But I kind of feel like we do this every year. And I know eventually, you know, the minutes, the wear and tear, the deep playoff runs, these things do affect people. But we've seen every single year, no matter how many times someone expresses some concern during the regular season, no matter how many times people wonder if it'll all fade away, Jimmy Butler getting himself healthy, getting himself right, showing up for playoff time, and being ready to dominate. And I genuinely believe after last year's team made the run that they made all the way to the NBA Finals as an eight seed, as an eight seed, that this team is poised to do the same thing. And for that matter, they're deeper than they were. Bam Adebayo and Tyler Hero are both more polished stars than they were going into last season. Hero didn't even get to play in the postseason. Jaime Jaquez Jr., Duncan Robinson. You could argue that the two of them have elevated the role player positions from where Max Struess and Gabe Vincent were. You see everyone else contributing in the way that they have. Kevin Love has played great basketball. His first full season with this unit. I'm so excited to see what this team can do. Let alone Caleb Martin and Haywood Highsmith at the four. Let alone Josh Richardson. Let alone all of the other weapons that we've already seen. Maybe the growth of Niko Jovic. I believe this team is poised for another run to the NBA Finals. So that's what you have to look forward to. You got Jaime Hawkins, maybe this is my most aggressive one. Jaime Hawkins winning Rookie of the Year, Bam Adebayo winning Defensive Player of the Year, and the Heat making another run to the NBA Finals. 
All right, time to talk Ice Cats, as they are the hottest team in the NHL. They've won six in a row, and it's really spectacular to see because I think in you know early to mid-December, people were concerned the health of this team you know was everything going to gel the way that it was last year were they going to dig themselves potentially too much of a hole with how competitive things are in their division in the eastern conference but man the florida panthers have been electric and despite how good the boston bruins have been this year the panthers have an opportunity to chase the number one seed in the eastern conference that's how good they are and that's how much fun this has been to watch over the last few weeks and in large part, it's led by my number one thing to look forward to here in 2024 for the Panthers. It's the rest of Sam Reinhardt's season. Sam Reinhardt has been absolutely spectacular thus far this season. And 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 when you really think about it, I mean, he has been the the leader of this team offensively. And I'm so I'm so happy for him. Um as a as a as a person because he's such a, a wonderful guy to interview he actually and this is a little sneak preview for you guys is supposed to be a Miami mic'd up guest coming up in a couple of weeks i mean think about this he's third in the nhl in goals third in the nhl in goals that's how good he's been he's someone who you know, Ryan Hart will be up for the Hart Trophy. And when you think about that, surrounded by Alexander Barkov, by Matthew Kachuk, it really takes this Panthers team to another level. It's so exciting to see him as someone who was a top three pick in an NHL draft really hone in on his skills and be one of the most productive players in the entire NHL. And in the six-game win streak, he's got seven goals. Like, it's huge what he's been doing for this Panthers offense, and I cannot wait to watch what he does for the rest of the season as one of the star players now in the NHL, and Florida's got a whole bunch of them. So, the rest of Sam Reinhardt's season, and then, of course, you know, I mentioned it before, but health has been a factor for this team. They've only, you know, gotten so many games from Aaron Ekblad, from Brandon Montour, and Matthew Kachuk, while being out there, you know, clearly hasn't been himself. You know, he he was someone who dealt with so many injuries during the postseason. You know, we saw him miss games in the Stanley Cup final. And to watch him come back as early as he did to try to help this team get off to a, a, a solid start, he in particular, Matthew Kachuk's health, and watching him get healthier and round into form is going to be really fun to watch. Because as we started to see him look a little more like himself, he now has goals in each of the last two games. He has really started to fly around the ice in a way that, you know, we haven't seen him moving throughout a lot of this season. And as he gets healthy and he's, you know, back to being arguably not only the best American hockey player, but one of the best all around players in this game. A physical presence, someone who can score, someone who can defend. It changes what this Panthers team can do. We saw it in the postseason as he played some of the very best hockey of his career. And now, if you get him looking like the player he was last year, especially towards the end of the year, and you pair that with everything Barkov does and the type of hockey Sam Reinhardt is playing, look out for what the Panthers can continue to do. So Matthew Kachuk's health is something to look forward to here. And then, of course, the playoffs. Look, 
the Panthers got the proverbial monkey off their back last year by making their run to the Stanley Cup final. And this year, they're positioned to do some of the same types of things. I just mentioned three players who lead everything, but you can't forget Carter Verhage. You can't forget the defense of this team. You can't forget what Sergei Bobrovsky's been doing as of late. This team and the moves they made this offseason in order to solidify the role players on this team to make sure that they were able to compete come playoff time, that's what I'm looking forward to. In the same way, that we just spoke about with the Miami Heat. Playoff Chucky. Talk about playoff Jimmy. Playoff Chucky. And the rest of this team going into the postseason with no pressure. Not the pressure that they faced last year. Not the pressure that they faced the year before when they were the you know best team in the NHL and they lost to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Not what they faced last year with the new look team under Paul Maurice and everybody wondering, is this style really going to work? Now we know. They play a playoff style of hockey. They're led by one of, two, for that matter, two of the very best players in the NHL. Another who's having a career year. So come playoff time, I can't wait to see what this team does. So the rest of Sam, the rest of Sam Reinhardt's regular season, Matthew Kachuk rounding into form and a playoff run for the Ice Cats. So the last of our teams to look at with their season just starting up in 2024, it's the Miami Marlins who made the playoffs last year for the first time in a full season in 20 years. The first time since 2003, led by manager Skip Schumacher. And obviously it was a really dramatic year for them leading the league in one run wins. But looking at their roster headed into this season, and we still don't know what type of moves may be made by new president of baseball operations, Peter Bendix, as the offseason moves along. Will there be splashy trades? Will there be some more free agent acquisitions? Thus far, it's just been a couple of role players. But with the roster that's in tow, I've got three things that I'm looking forward to in seeing this season. So let's start here. Let's start on the mound. Ayuri Perez, his sophomore season, he was spectacular as a rookie. And the the stat that I think a lot of people forget, and it was courtesy of Sarah Langs, who pointed it out for the first time when Yuri was on his stretch from May through July. Ayuri Perez has gone five plus innings and allowed one or zero runs in eight of his first 11 career starts. That was the most such outings of any pitcher in the first 11 career appearances among anyone to debut since 1901. He was one of the most dominant pitchers, not only as a rookie in baseball, but one of the most dominant pitchers in baseball from the moment he made his first appearance through those first couple of months until he was shut down. And I'm so excited to see what he does as a follow-up because if you look at this Miami Marlins pitching rotation, they're going to need some help with Sandy Alcantara missing the year due to his Tommy John surgery. Will it be the lefties, Jesus Lozardo and Braxton Garrett, who each had career years last season? I look forward to seeing both of them. Will it be the return to form and return to health of Trevor Rogers? Maybe seeing a little bit of evolution in the game of Edward Cabrera. Will Max Meyer make his way into the fold in that pitching rotation? But the guy I am most excited to see is Yuri Perez. So he's my number one thing to look for in 2024 for the Marlins. Number two on this list, an entire season of Jake Berger and Josh Bell in the middle of the order for the Marlins. I know the Marlins lost Jorge Soler. That will be a huge deal for them. He was their most productive bat. There, as a power hitter in particular, there is no way of shying away from that. They will miss his production. 
But what I think a lot of folks aren't taking into account necessarily is that for the final couple of months of the year, Jake Berger and Josh Bell were nearly equally productive to Solaire, if not even more productive. I mean, Josh Bell started his career with what felt like hitting 700 with like 900 home runs in the first few games as Miami Marlin. But those bash brothers of Berger and Bell in the middle of the order for an entire season will add a lot more depth to this lineup. You've got stability in the corner infield positions, which is really important to this team. And I'm very excited to see what the two of them can do with a full season of reps, particularly Jake Berger. He is so comfortable down here in Miami, the way he gets along with Skip Schumacher, the budding friendship that he has with Josh Bell. I mean, the two of them get along so well. And I remember talking to Jazz Chisholm at the end of the year that he couldn't even believe that Jake Berger was as young as he was, as technically inexperienced in Major League Baseball as he was because he was such a professional, such a consistent hitter. And with that type of power, you need light tower power in Lone Depot Park to be able to be a productive power hitter. He is one of those. So Berger and Bell, that duo I'm really looking forward to. And then third, and maybe these guys are actually the the most exciting players on this team. And of course, some of the most productive It's the left-handed duo that, to me, if I had it my way, would lead off this lineup. Jazz Chisholm Jr. and Luis Arias. Those two guys are not only some of the most productive players on this team, but the most exciting. Obviously, Arias, you know, we all know the story. He hit for the cycle for this team. He had five hit, uh, three five-hit games, I believe it was, in June, which was a record for the Marlins in a single month. It also, if I remember correctly, tied Ty Cobb, Dave Winfield, and another older baseball player for the most five-hit games in a single month. He was an all-star. He flirted with 400 as a batting average for the majority of the season. He ended up leading the league in hitting, and he's just truly one of the most professional hitters to ever put on a Marlins uniform. He's a spectacular player, um, honestly, even more a spectacular person and leader in that clubhouse. And I look forward to seeing him for a full season. Once again, his second year as a Miami Marlins, see if he can follow up that first act because what he did to change the offensive approach for this team alongside Brant Brown, who is no longer there for the Marlins was paramount into their success in the postseason. And then there's jazz Chisholm jr. And look, We all know it. Jazz has not played as many games as he would like to over the last several seasons. He played 124 games in 2021, but then in 2022, he played 60, and last year, he only played 97. Now, if you take his stats and you put him out over 162 games, he's a guy who would have hit 30 home runs and stolen, I believe, nearly 40 bases. He can be a 30-30 type of player. His batting average and his OPS can be higher than the 250 and 761 that they were last year. He is an extremely productive player when he's on the field, and I believe that if he can stay healthy and play even 120 to 130 games this year, he can make a huge, huge impact on this team, help to replace some of the production that the Marlins are losing in Jorge Soler, and step into the level of superstardom that I know he wants, I know the Major League Baseball wants for him, I know the Marlins want for him. He was on the cover of MLB The Show last year, and he can be the type of player who is the show for this team. So, to recap, Ayuri Perez, Jake Berger, and Josh Bell is a dynamic duo in the middle of the lineup, and leading things off with the lefties, Jazz Chisholm Jr. and Luis Arias. Those are three things to look forward to. 
for the Miami Marlins in 2024.